guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. When the stock market declines by 20% from its highs, it's called a bear market. And boy, are we in one. In fact, this is the worst first half of the year stocks have suffered in 52 years. Nixon was in the White House the last time stocks fell this much from January to June. How did we get here? And what can we look forward to next? That's what we're going to talk about this week. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Stacy. Let's let's talk about what I've been talking, like saying should be happening for five years now. It's finally happening, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But hold on, Rand. I'm trying to get through the introduction here. Um, listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Uh, feeling contracted. <laughs> this week, our special <laughs> guests are John Schneider and David Otten from the Debt Free Guys. Hello, John, and hello, David. Hello, hello there. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here, guys. We're going to have a bunch of fun uh, as we talk about how much money we've lost. Uh, but we're going to get the ball rolling. But first, a quick disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this show, do not take them as recommendations. Why? Because they're not recommendations. We don't know you. Before you invest in anything, you've got to do your own research. You've got to make your own decisions. And now let's get back to our topic at hand. Uh, okay, guys. First of all, tell us how you became guest on this show. What's your background? Where are you coming from? Where are you going next? Tell us all about yourselves. Well, we ran into Miranda on the street the other day, and she said, hey, I've got this interview. Can you, can you come on my show? And we were like, yeah, that's cool. She was out cool. there panhandling, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, David and I, our whole careers have been in financial services. Um, and, but despite that, we found ourselves in $51,000 in credit card debt, paid that debt off in two and a half years, and decided to help other people pay off their debt using both our personal and professional experience. And that's kind of how we became the Debt Free Guys. And we met Miranda... Jeez, I think 2015 yeah. in Charlotte, really? North Carolina. Yeah, and she's <laughs> still our friend. She was so 21 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and I was only 27. <laughs> so now you guys run the financial services industry. What do you mean by, I used to be a stockbroker. That's why I'm asking. What specifically did you do? Yeah, we both played, uh, wore several hats. Um, I used to take customer service phone calls as well as I went to the point where I was uh, giving advice and giving uh, buy-sell recommendations as well. Uh, but eventually gravitated to compliance because I like to tell people no. <laughs> I remember the compliance people. They Don't were not friends this. of mine when I was a stock salesman. <laughs> yes, indeed. In fact, I, used to, I started in television in 1987 when I was a stockbroker with E.F. Hutton. And um, I had to get everything I said approved by the folks in New York before I, I would say anything on television. Well, because when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, right? right. So exactly. you need to Look at this. You remember <laughs> this. Do you know we how few remember. people remember this? <laughs> and and I, I became a stockbroker in 1981 when your parents hadn't met yet, I, I suspect. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I've been doing this for a very long time. You guys have been doing it for a very long time. Let's talk about where we are with the stock market. Miranda, where are we with the stock market? I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked today, but let's have a let's have a little gander gander. No. Um, so, yeah, so stocks have been up a little. Uh, well, up oh, a no, little if you look at like Stacey would say the last a week. A dead cat bounce. <laughs> yeah, it's a dead cat bounce. Dead it's cat actually bounce. not either. The, the, Dow's, the Dow's down the Dow's one and down. a half or 150 and the NASDAQ's up two. Yeah, I actually so... bought today, though. I actually bought today. I'll tell you guys about that later. I haven't yes. bought anything in months and months and months, but I've been threatening to and I did today. Yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, if you want to look at like the Dow, the Dow's down, the S&P's down on the day. I mean, they're not they're not quite down as what their recent lows have been uh, because they've definitely had um, they've definitely had some worse lows in the rec in the last month. Um, 
like for instance, you know, last week they were, they were much yeah. lower. Well, for those listening, <laughs> when, as we're recording this, it's, it's uh, June 23rd. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, 23rd, 2022. yeah, the Dow's back so, above 30,000 and it dipped down below 30,000 last week. So it's back up above 30,000, but we're still down and we're still very much down on the year. Okay, now, and I, I said in the intro, but for those of you who didn't get it, um, a, a bear market means the market has fallen 20% from its highs. And that's where we are. So let me ask the panelist this, why? Why is our market falling so bad? Why is it the worst first six months of the year since 1970? Why is that? And not, not everyone at once. Anyone? Go. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> I, I mean, I think this is a great question for, for John and David. <laughs> yeah, John, yeah, David. Well, I think that there's a variety of reasons, right? I mean, we've got a lot of whatever expletive you want to use going on in the world today, right? There's a lot of things happening. And uh, some of those things are good for some people and bad for a lot of others. And some of those things are bad for pretty much everyone. And so when we look at things like the the overhang uh, uh, effects of COVID that have been kind of continually kind of sweeping around the globe. There's just constant flux going on in the, in the market, in the job market, in the supply chain issues. All of that is uh, kind of this, this hangover effect from what happened with COVID. We still have a war going on in Ukraine. We have the effects of the great resignation where people are moving from one job to another, meaning that there's holes to fill in, in jobs and, and companies are trying to figure out how to, to backfill those people. And uh, then I think we have some effects from the stimulus where people are out there spending money. Uh, right and left. And that has maybe made an impact on supply chain issues where people have money to spend, but there aren't the necessarily the, the products out there. So demand is high. So prices are going up. Yeah, inflation is certainly behind a lot of this stuff. Uh, and uh, and also, you know, what I keep reminding people of, too, there, there are many reasons why the stock market is down, of course. But what, what I've been saying for a long time now, and, and Miranda and, and Aaron can back me up on this, is when the market goes up 25 percent three years in a row, it's got to revert to the mean sooner or later. The mean is 10. You know, so if the market goes up 25 percent three years in a row and the, and the market typically goes up 10 percent on average over the last 100 years, then sooner or later it's going to have to go down in order for, to revert to the mean. And so there is no surprise whatsoever. Didn't know what the reasons would be, but it was no surprise whatsoever that we were going to have a crummy market this year. Um, now, the question, though, becomes and maybe we we're all of the age where we've probably seen a bear market before, if we can remember 2008, uh, we, we have. But for those people who haven't. And even actually, to be honest with you, I've seen a million of them, and it's still a harrowing experience. I mean, it's not easy watching your net worth drop by half, you know, and mine hasn't dropped by half, but it's it's down significantly. Uh, and so it's kind of scary. Especially so, when you're really close to retirement. Yeah, and I'm really close to retirement. In fact, I'm probably past retirement. If my job wasn't so easy, I'd you have a great filter now. on your camera. <laughs> it, you know, it, fortunately, not very many people see this podcast; they just hear it. So I'm probably okay. They, they may think that I'm really good looking. But anyway, I, you know what? When, when we started talking about this whole idea of of a bear market. Um, and for folks who are experiencing it for the first time, it reminds me of the videos of kids. Uh, you see this on YouTube of kids who are on a roller coaster for the very first time. And you look at their faces and they 
they look like they're literally about to die, right? They are so scared that their faces are frozen stiff. And I think that for if you've never been through a bear market, or maybe this is your second one, you probably have that feeling that look like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to deal with this. But after you get done with the ride, you kind of have two choices. <laughs> you either enjoyed it and you want to go on it again because of the fun, or you're going to get off and never go on again, and you're just going to stop being an investor. I think that's kind of the two choices most people have. What a great analogy. That, that's, that's, that is so accurate. And I, I remember, remember in, in 2009 or whenever, to, you know, I, I bought a bunch of stocks in 2009 because I've been in this situation lots of times, not because I was smart, because I, I've stood like a deer in the headlights on the sidelines when, when I should have been buying. So this time I did. But I rem the point is, though, there were a lot of people back then who said, that's it. Can't take it. Actually, they <laughs> said thing about housing, right? There, because housing fell in half where I live in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and so people like, oh, I'll never buy another house. I'm like, well, that's stupid. You're going to rent the rest of your life? And there, you, you guys remember this. <laughs> yes, yes, I am going to rent here. the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what I always think is funny is every when I was on the trading floor, every time that there was a bear market or even a, a recession, most of the traders saw that as a sales opportunity and were buying, yeah. buying, buying. Whereas people that were calling in, they were panicking and, and we were trying to talk them off the ledge from selling and sometimes you won and sometimes you lost. Absolutely right. And in fact, can we introduce that as our first thing to know? Uh, you guys don't know this probably, but the name of this podcast is Five Things You Need to Know in This Horrible Market. And can we can we call that thing number one? Uh, that you know, when, when, when clothes are uh, 30 or 40% off at the mall, you run to the mall. But when, 30, when stocks are 30 or 40% off, you're, you're afraid to buy anything. And this is, now, this is not when wealth is created now. It's realized people ring the register at the top of the market. Uh, but this is when you, you know, you, you man up and, and you, know, you put on your big boy pants and you buy stuff when everybody else is afraid to. I, I hope that didn't sound sexist, Miranda, but you put on, you put on your big person pants. <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's part of the issue, right? We're, we're emotional creatures and, and we see this and it's especially hard when you've had a really long bull market run like we've had and you kind of get used to that new normal. Uh, but it is and, and we forget it is normal for things to to drop. It is normal for us to move in cycles. And so, yeah, now is now is a buying opportunity, not the time to panic and sell. Yeah, well, there's a lot of fear out there. Um, my mother-in-law opened her uh, her retirement uh mail the other day and your 401k not, yeah not the good news was was in that letter and she immediately called and she's like oh my god i need to sell everything you know and we're like no no um <laughs> we're trying to have, have her understand how it all works and all she saw was you know this dwindling retirement fund so uh, i think there's a lot of panicking going on right now yeah, and yeah I think that, you that's true and, and common go ahead i'm sorry I was going to say, I think the Good second mate. thing that you need to know about this market is that it's going to come to an end at some point. The, mar the bear market will come to an end. I think that's the second thing you really need to pay attention to is understanding that this will come to an end. <laughs> like we've been through these before. And and quite frankly, it's like, well, think about um, when the stock market crashed in 2008, 2009 and 2010, when things were like pretty, you know, uh, pretty awful. If you looked back 20 years before that, the lows that we were seeing, the lows that we were seeing then were higher 
than the highs that were available in the mm-hmm. mid 80s. And so right like right now we're like oh my gosh it's down and it's we're reaching lows but it's still I mean we're still looking at close to um you know 10 you know 10,000 points on the Dow more than what we saw you know just before the stock market crash before. I don't think it's done. Oh no, I, I agree. We, I, think I think we've, it's going to go farther down. I've still we've got more room. To, yes, I think yeah, we've got more room to fall. I, I agree with both but of I'm you. just saying. You... I'm just. I'm just saying. Like people who are freaking out about how much it's down right now, it's still not even close to. I mean, at, yeah. I mean, today we're talking on the 23rd, and and you you look across the headlines, everybody's like, oh yay, you know, the stock market's up a little bit. Um, but uh, second quarter earnings aren't even out. That starts July 15th. Yeah, well, it starts yeah around there. But and there's there's leading there's leading you know S and P five hundred companies out that <laughs> Amazon and Target and all these guys they're not doing well. I mean, people are not spending money. Their profits are going to be down. Yeah, it sounds it looks like uh, you guys who are just listening don't know this, but our guests are both shaking or nodding their heads in agreement. You guys think the market is lower to go? I do. I think we haven't run the cycle quite yet. You know, but I think if especially if you survived. The dot-com bust through the 9-11, through the Iraq war, you, that whole duration, you're going to be able to get through this. Uh, and if you haven't experienced that, if you didn't if you didn't experience that, then go look at history and realize you're probably not going to be nearly that bad, and you'll, you'll survive this as well. And the, the yeah, average— I, I, I agree with that. We, I, in fact, show of hands, who thinks the market's going lower? <laughs> okay, so for those of you who are listening— which is 99% of you, everyone raised their hand. So everyone thinks the market's going lower, which could mean that, you know, generally speaking, the market does what it can to make the most possible people look like idiots. So it's possible that we'll, be, we'll all be wrong. But, but you know, so what, I, what I've started doing is buying in. In fact, today was the first time I put money to work. Um, and it was, it's June 23rd. I expect that, I, I expect what I did was I bought a stock, um, which was um, Meta, Facebook. Um, and I add, I already own it, but I bought more today because it's trading at 11 times earnings. Um, and also bought some S&P 500 index fund. So I, and I, I expect both of those to be losers. But I've also been waiting on the sidelines sometimes and been whipsawed. In other words, I was waiting for the market to go lower and it didn't. In fact, in fact, it just happened in 2020. Remember when the market, the, the Dow hit 20,000, didn't it? I mean, it fell huge when, um, when uh, COVID came out. Huge. Mm-hmm. And I bought a little. I bought like you know 100 shares of this and 100 shares of that, thinking I would buy more as it went down. And I'll be damned if it didn't just turn around and go straight up again. And I, I wasn't in, you know. So that's why I'm, I'm buying a little now. I'm going to do that every month, until unless things change. I'm going to do, start doing that every month. So uh, just to make sure I am in, uh, if the market turns down sooner than I think it will. And, and it usually the market does surprise me, either up or down. So I want to make. And that's sure. what I think good investors need to do. They need to be very conscious about picking a, a buy strategy and a sell strategy and not let their emotions dictate when they're going to buy and sell, but have an actual strategy that they're trying to execute on. Yes. Thank you. And you know, I'm going to hear what you guys are doing and we're going to, we're going to talk about what everybody's doing specifically for themselves and their own personal financial accounts. But we, but first we have to take a really quick break so we can pay the bills because we don't have any money from the stock market. We're done. We're, we're going poor. We're going broke. So we have to get money from our sponsors. We're going to be right back right after this. Okay, we're back. Okay, guys. Okay, our guest. Tell us exactly what you've been doing with your money lately. Well, I, th- I think that one of the, the, the common things that we've already talked about is this is a buying opportunity. John and I um, 
in 2008 was when we paid off our debt. And that's when we started shoveling money into our retirement accounts. And that's, we got credit that to why we're millionaires today is because we bought all that during that time period. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of cash to invest. We keep on saying to each other, if we had the cash, we would be investing right now. Um, we did make some moves in our portfolios, slight moves, although the individual stocks that we've held, that we hold, we haven't made any changes on. It's our managed accounts where we tweaked a little bit. We moved some things into consumer staples and bought a little bit more fixed income. And I think it was a t an opportunity to do some some harvesting of gains that were quite large and move it into things that we think are going to be gaining over the next year to two years. This is intriguing. I, I need specifics. What, what, did, what, what are you buying, if you don't mind saying? Or even if you do mind saying, you're on my podcast, you have to tell me. <laughs> well, th so the, the purchases that were done by, in our managed accounts are not being made on individual stocks. Those are being made on either indexes or being made on indexes that either follow consumer staples or indexes that are more on the bond and fixed income side where we think that there will be some growth in the bond in, in returns on bonds. Now, when you say managed account, would you explain that so our listeners know what you're talking about? Sure. John and, John and I have basically split our portfolio into two pieces. We have our play side, which makes up probably about 20 to 30% of our portfolio. That's where we buy individual stocks or index funds. Okay. Then we have the money where we're not really wanting to manage it ourselves. So we have a financial advisor, and our financial advisor checks in with us on a regular basis to see if we have any changes in our personal lives or if there are changes in the economy or this, the uh, individual holdings that we have there, and then they recommend changes to us. And that's where the changes have been made because that's where the majority of, uh, of our money is at. And we think that those have a little bit more, um, will be impacted a little bit more as to what's going on in the economy right now. Okay, and those are generally funds in your managed account, right? As opposed to individual Correct. stocks. Correct. Okay. So now tell me what your favorite stock is right now. If you had to buy something today, what would you buy? I'd buy more Apple. <laughs> awesome. I own a whole bunch of Apple. I can't buy anymore because I, I have too much Apple. I'm almost half of my money in Apple. <laughs> and what? I, I think... I think that um, John's right. I think for us, it's personally, I, I would probably purchase more Apple because of their long-term growth in their services side, um, which I think is what a lot of companies seem to be switching to, is how can we generate money on a month-to-month -month basis off of every single customer rather than how do we get 100 200 or $500 from them in one pop and then move on to another customer? Cool, because they're probably going to eventually have an Apple car, and then they're going to be an Apple bank. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Apple's by far my biggest position. I, I put almost nothing in it 20 years ago, and now it's, it literally made me a millionaire. Um, so, but I can't buy more of it. You know, I mean, it's, it's so much in my portfolio now, but I'm not selling it either. I, in fact, I've sold two-thirds of the Apple that I owned, and I still, it's still worth, well, it's, not worth, it's worth under a million, but over 500000 uh, And the reason I sold the two, when I, when I sold it both times, I was right. It went down. But guess what? Stacy didn't buy it back. And that's why Stacy didn't sell it this time when he thought the market was going down because I, I don't want to mess up and not have it when the market comes back. Although it is painful now uh, to watch it go down. 
What, what about you, Miranda? I know that you're not a, a, a individual stock person, but if you were going to buy a stock today, which one would it be? Mm, uh, more sacks. No, anyway, <laughs> but, but no, I, I, yeah. So, so yeah, like, like you said, I, like I'm just sticking with my dollar cost averaging strategy. It's all automatic. I'm just putting the same amount that I've put in, um, you know, every month. Uh, for the last 10 years. <laughs> well, I mean, I increase what I put in, but, uh, but yeah, I've been just, I, I've been dollar cost averaging, which means, you know, when the market's down, I'm buying more shares of index funds. Uh, but if I were going to choose something to invest in, uh, I don't know. I still have my positions. I still have my positions in my pot penny stocks. <laughs> like I didn't sell those. I'm like I still penny have stocks. Them. Don't talk about penny stocks on this podcast. <laughs> I hate penny stocks. It's like I know. I'm not a big options or futures. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. But I did get some pot penny stocks, and we're just gonna see oh how my. that all goes. <laughs> that, that, this is the wrong podcast for that, Miranda. Up and now, Let me ask. Let me ask all you guys this, including you, Aaron. Is there a time during this bear market? We all agree the market may go lower. Okay. Now, actually, I was going to mention one thing, another thing. Five tips. Uh, here's here's a third one. Watch for capitulation, uh, and capitulation means it. it it's there's a tech. I mean, this technically is when there's huge down volume and blah blah blah. But what I really what I mean when I say capitulation is when everybody's done, when nobody thinks anything good can possibly happen, when literally Henny Penny, what's Henny Penny, is that what it was, who thought the sky was falling? Sky is falling. Chicken yeah. Little, Chicken Little. Um, and, and so when, when, when you're convinced there's no way to put more money in the stock market, and everyone else is too, that's when you're about to have a rally. Now, as a matter of fact, speaking of which, I've been, I've been watching lately the um, Investors Intelligence uh, Sentiment Survey. Um, and it is now that comes out. It comes out every Wednesday. So today's was the first day it published, a uh, week ending yesterday. Um, the bearish sentiment is fifty nine point three. So in other words, nearly sixty percent of investors think the market's going lower. Now that may sound like uh, it's a bad thing, but it's really a good thing because when everybody is, thinks the market's going lower, there's nobody left to sell. They've already gotten out, and so that that you'll often find a bounce at least. But when and so this is what you want to watch for. Watch for these when everybody's negative, the market may be about to go the other way. And in, in the last year, the the highest bearish sentiment on this survey, and again, this is the um, American Association of Individual Investors (AAII) survey, and you can look that up in Google, and it'll tell you, it'll take you right to it. Um, the uh, the high for the year is fifty nine point four percent. And last week, it was 59.3%. That's one reason why I put some money in the stock market today. I, I bought some more uh, of an S&P 500 index fund, and I bought some more uh, Facebook meta I, uh, to get average. Well, I'm average, actually averaging up because I bought it at $90 the first time I bought it. But anyway, so I, I expect these things to go lower, but this is the kind of signals I'm going to be looking for. So tip number three, watch for capitulation. In the market, when it, when everybody thinks it can't possibly go up, it's just about to. And that's been my experience. So you guys agree with that? Definitely. Yep. I can see from your nodding heads that you do. What, <laughs> what other what other tips do you have, guys? Anyone? Um, well, I'll, I'd like to add. Uh, David mentioned that we don't have any cash, and that's not entirely true. We do have our, our emergency savings, which makes it easier to withstand a market like this. But we also, like we said before the uh, we started recording, we just literally bought a house a half an hour ago. Um, so no we're way. buying. 
but buying properties in uh, in real estate, even though the real estate market looks a little bit scary right now too. Um, we're also buy and hold uh, investors with real estate, so um, yeah. So that's why we don't technically. You bought have a any you cash. bought a house a half hour ago. Yes, we just got the well, congratulations. You have a new loan. You guys should be drinking right now. <laughs> How do you know we're not? <laughs> we allowed we allowed drunks on this podcast. We, no we had a, no, a whiskey great, drink and a vodka drink and a lager drink and a cider drink. No, last night, last <laughs> night, last night we had a beer and a whiskey drink. So we celebrated That's awesome, guys. a little bit last night. That's awesome. Where do you live? We're currently in Las Vegas. We'll be moving to uh, Toledo. Oh, that's right. You told me that before the show started. It's Las Vegas to Toledo. Yeah. Hmm. Culture okay. shock. Yeah, I, I would imagine it would be the other way around. But your guys yeah, that are selling deals, you want to, I bet you <laughs> yeah. got a good what, deal in Toledo versus you would have in Las Vegas. That's for sure. Right. That's part of our, our investment strategy here is we're actually buying an investment property. It's a duplex. We're going to house hack. We're going to live on one side and rent the other, or actually we're going to live upstairs and somebody's going to live downstairs. And that will take our living expenses down considerably, which will allow us then to pour more money into investing. Awesome. And, and actually, you know, can we, can we count this as a tip too, that you guys just mentioned in passing, having an emergency fund? Uh, I mean, it's a little late now, you know, if, you're, if, all, if all your eggs are in the stock market basket. But com coming into a recession, like I, I haven't been buying stocks and I didn't sell the top, you know, like I should have th theoretically. I'm not a market timer, but I thought the market was going to go down. I didn't sell. But what I didn't do was not buy. I mean, what I did do was not buy. In other words, I've stacked mm -hmm. up Benjamins. Uh, so I've got lots and lots of cash. And, that, and it, makes it, more, it makes it easier for me to be patient, knowing that my entire net worth is not tied up. Uh, in in the stock market, and it makes me even it makes me comfortable even to uh, add to the to stocks when they're down, knowing they may even go lower. Mm -hmm. So having a cash cushion is another is another tip Key. that's really important for a bear market. What, what else? How about you, Aaron? You got any, you got anything to contribute? Well, I'm going to ask you this: How much should you pay attention to certain things? Like um, I read an article the other day about <clears throat> CEO sentiment on forward outlooks on earnings and they interviewed a lot of fortune 500 companies and it's not good none of these ceos feel that that the outcome uh looking out towards october is good now you're saying like what was it the 60 percent of uh, uh stock brokers right now no, it's, are a, it's feeling... actually just individual investors oh individual investors yeah. um so i don't know how much you should look into that but then i've got another report here where, where bank of america the smart people there are saying that uh the s p 500 might find its bottom in october uh and they're saying look out for 3300 and 3000 as far as the s p 500's uh price point and we're you know, right 2, now at about 3700 3800 yeah they're saying nibble now they're saying if you see 3300 bite they're saying at 3000 get all in um, another place, Data Trek Research, is saying the same thing. They're saying it's going to go down to about 3,300 to 2,700. Uh, even Days and Rosenberg is saying this. Um, so, I mean, I'm asking you, like, how much should you look into this between what the CEOs are saying? You know, another, I've got another thing here where they're saying the profits, the earnings are going to be down in the second quarter. You've got these smart people over here saying it's going to keep going down. Um, and yet you're saying, when sentiment is, is at its lowest, we should start buying in. I mean, there's, it's just across the board. So Here, Here's what I think. Uh, here, here's been my experience in life anyway. 
um, when, first of all, do you remember, okay, everyone here remembers 2009, right? No, nobody here is that young, so we, they don't, we weren't there. Um, I don't remember anyone on CNBC saying the market was about to go up. Do you? I remember everybody saying the sky was falling, though. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. I don't remember a single person, not Jim Cramer, not anybody who said the market was about to go up to get all in. I do not remember that. And I'll guarantee you that's not going to happen this time either. Because these, these CEOs, yes, they have more information than we do, certainly about their own companies. But do they have more information about how the, the ent entire economy? I don't think they do. Uh, and I'm not saying they're not smart. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to them. But there's nobody out there who's going to tell you exactly when to get in. There are people that will, but they'll be wrong as often as they're right. I mean, you know, you can flip a coin uh, and, and and learn when to get in. That That's my opinion. What do you guys think? I hear you're, you're nodding your heads. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think that there's a, there's a couple of things to really kind of look at. Um, when I think, first of all, um, we know when it comes to investing, even the pros um, cannot beat one on when the market is going up, the pros cannot beat an index. But the pros actually do meet beat uh, the index when the market is going down. So they're uh, maybe able to cherry pick a little bit. But um, I think it still comes down to this, this idea of what is really happening in the overall market, what's happening in the economy, there's, um, you know, one of the bright spots has been you know, unemployment. And we, you were just, Aaron, you were just mentioning uh, what the CEO sentiment is. I think we're seeing a slight bit of unemployment or layoffs happening right now, but it's very specific yeah. to the real estate sector, right? So mortgage too. lending, the, all of that. Right? Too, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but when that starts to bleed into other sectors, when it starts to bleed into other industries, that's because the CEOs are actually saying, in order for us to stay profitable, we're going to have to lay people off. I think right. that if that doesn't happen, then we're in a buying opportunity. That's when we'll, we'll see the market start to pick up. If we see it bleed over into other sectors, we may still be in for a longer term downturn in the market, kind of like what we saw in 2009, because the unemployment will accelerate the downturn in people's spending, and that bleeds over into lots of other areas of the economy. Good thought. Miranda, were you going to say something? No? No. <laughs> well, you know, by the way, okay, here's, here. I don't know what tip number this is, but here's another one too. Here's something I look at. is the bond market. Yeah. Um, if you look at long-term bonds, they will tell you where, the, where people think the economy is going. Um, so, and, uh, okay, let, let's back up a step. The reason we're in the position we're in now, one of the reasons is because of inflation. Um, so inflation is lowering the purchasing power of the dollar. It, it's making, it, obviously, gas prices are, are diverting money people might otherwise be putting into products that these businesses make. But in general, the inflation is, the, the Federal Reserve is literally saying, we are going to make these companies less profitable. We're going to literally make people not spend as much money by charging them more money in interest to finance it. And so they're literally saying to you, these companies are going to make less money. Well, anyone knows, anyone knows anything about the stock market knows when companies make less money, their stock prices go down. So, I mean, the Federal Reserve has been screaming at you all year that they're going to make your stocks go down. And, you know, so if you not to realize that, well, at some point, the the Federal Reserve is going to stop doing that because they're going to weaken the economy so much that they're going to crush inflation 
because prices will go down because not as many people are buying <clears> stuff. And then these, and then they're going to say, now we're going to go the other way. Now we're going to t stop making interest rates so high. Now, when that occurs, that's going to show up first in the bond market. So if you look at a 30-year bond and interest rates are coming down on those, it's giving you an idea that, that people are there. This is a, a people's inflation expectation if you look at long-term bonds. Right now, the 10-year bond is at, I'm going to say, 3.1 or 3.2%. Uh, it, it started the year at 1. So the inflation expectation was that the, the, the inflation was going to continue. Now, if those, if those bonds start coming down, that the people are telling you that they think inflation is not going to be the challenge that it was, and that it's going to it help you find a bottom in the market. Agree, or, agree guys? Am I saying it right? I, I do think that it's a, it's a sentiment, uh, long-term sentiment. Um, but I think we've seen times when um, even interest rate, long-term interest rates coming down hasn't been able to pull the overall economy back out. Right? Uh, when, when it's systemic, when there are as many issues as we have today, we, we, there is the potential for that to, to not happen. Um, but it does. It is kind of one of those leading indicators that long term, folks think that things will get better, and that's the the whole intent, right? The long term approach is that it will will get over this hump and things will get better. Cool. What about, what about the other factor where um, we've been shouting, you know, recession since you know last year? <laughs> um, how much of that has already been priced into the stock well, market? Well, there's like, go. There, there's the magic question. Uh, and we don't know. We'll find out when earnings come out. I mean, obviously, the the um, S and P is now trading at what fourteen times earnings. Is that right? I don't know. That may be wrong, but it's trade. It's trading way lower than it was. It was like twenty two times earnings. Maybe now it's fifteen or something. Um, and so the reason the stock market has come down is because earnings earnings expectations are being lowered. Um, now, are they lowered enough? That we won't find out until we see the actual earnings. So, if, if those of you who are familiar with stocks, price earnings ratio is a very important one, powerful one in the stock market. The P, the price, has come down. The E, we don't know yet because that has been announced. The E is going to be announced, that, as Aaron said, mid-July mid we'll start getting earnings announcements, and then we'll see if, if those earnings have come down enough. Now, many people are saying that they haven't, and that's why we're all saying the stock market may go lower because that E is probably going to be worse than we think it is. I mean, everybody agree with that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Well, and, and definitely interest rates affect are going to have a big impact on that because companies have had access to really cheap money for such a long time period that they have been able to unload uh, high interest debt for low interest debt, just like the rest of us do when we're trying to do a balance transfer or get a personal loan or refinance our home. They, they've been able to do this for a really long time period. And one of the things that they've been able to do with that money is buy up their company stock, which actually mm -hmm. makes their price per share better because there's fewer shares and the earnings are, are a lot high, are the same. So fewer shares, earnings are the same. That means that it, on paper, it looks better. And that's kind of going to kind of dry up. Awesome. You're, you're absolutely right. And what about, what about insider buying? That's another thing you can look at too. Um, when people, there, there are many reasons when corporate insiders sell their stock. They want to, you know, they want to diversify. They want to put their kids through college. They want to buy a lake house. I mean, you know, any number of reasons why people sell stock. There's only one reason people buy stock, and that's because they think it's too low and they think it's going higher. So when insiders buy stocks, that can also be a signal. It, it's a cloudy one, uh, but it, but it can be a good signal. 
It certainly isn't a good signal when they're selling. Uh, it's really no signal when they're selling, but it can be a good signal when they're buying. Oh, you know one thing we haven't mentioned, and we're just about out of time. Um, I, I keep wanting to make sure we have at least five things because that's the name of our podcast. <laughs> We've but got plenty. We've got lots of things. <laughs> did we? Okay. Well, well one, one thing is really important, too, uh, which I, I've done some of, is uh, tax loss harvesting. When the, when the market's bad, uh, you can sell one thing and buy another, buy it right back. If you sell a stock, let's say I own Exxon and I'm down on it. Uh, if I sell Exxon and buy it back the next day, that's called a wash sale. So I can't deduct the loss I have on that security. However, if I sell Exxon and buy ConocoPhillips, I'm in the same place. I'm in a big integrated oil company, but I've got a loss that I can deduct on Exxon, which I can use to offset either gains I've taken or uh, I can use to offset ordinary income up to 3000 bucks a year. But I can carry that forward. So in other words, if you have losses in your portfolio, now may be a good time to find them. Just be sure you switch into something. If you want to remain in that position anyway, switch into a different company that does the same basic thing. And you can realize some losses here. Now you got, and you guys just said, didn't you guys say at the beginning of this podcast that you did some of that? You did some tax loss harvesting? Try to just make that up. Oh, no, I know. But you said you took some gains. That's what it was. Yeah, so, actually, for for our uh, we set we had been setting aside money for the purchase of our home uh, for a long time period, and we had it in the market, and we took that out of the market in January <laughs> because we were starting to look, and we knew that we would be be ready to start buying a home or start at the process for buying a home. Um, so we did take some gains then, which will affect our ta our overall taxes for twenty twenty two. Yeah, and if you don't have any losses you can take now to offset those gains, then too bad. But if you did, you know that's that's something you could do that would make those gains tax free, essentially. If you had some losses, you could you could pair them with. Um, I think that's about all the tips I had, and that's pretty much all the time we have. More than, um, but, but let me get any any last thoughts before I close this out. I'm a big fan of a buy and a hold strategy, as Miranda just said. So I I would reiterate that. So I would just say hold on and stick with your plan. Awesome. I'll, and I'll just throw out there, the whole idea of investing in the market is uh, either you're doing it in a very, very short uh, term, trading on a daily basis, try to get profit, or you are doing the buy and hold for a long time period, like John just said, pick that strategy and work with it. Don't be scared. You're always going to have up days and down days, up weeks and down weeks and up years and down years in the market. Don't be scared to, to invest just because you have a bad day. Good. Good thought. I was just at a wedding last week, and so some guy says to me, I'm a day trader. I said, really? How long have you been doing that? He said, a few months. He said, what do you think? I said, I think you're a fool about to be parted with his money. I said, <laughs> I don't I'm no day trader. People can't do it, but it won't be me. Um, anyway, enough of that. We are out of time, guys. We are never, however, out of topic. So dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That's mirandamarkwood.com. And, of course, you need to visit John and David at their website. That is debtfreeguys.com. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. Email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one final thing, if you like what we do that do something for us, subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds, really helps us out though. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. I'm Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. Hey, if uh, you missed the downturns before, don't miss this one. And I'm David Otten. I'm John Schneider. 
Thanks, guys. And thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to see you all right here next time.